0: What's up, and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at bucksnation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at Jay Yarko underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. We would like to welcome all of you to the home of your first place, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How crazy is that to hear, David?
1: It's crazy amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I uh I know I'm going to eat a little bit of crow for um picking the Saints to win, but I don't know of anybody who thought the game was going to go down this way. The the Bucks tie their franchise record for most points scored in a game with 48. Of course that was done in the Super Bowl. It was also done in 2001 against the Saints and it was done in 1987 against the Atlanta Falcons and Ryan Fitzpatrick good God, sir, he should be fitted for a gold jacket because he was <laughs> incredible. A career high in passing yards, four passing touchdowns, two of which to Deshaun Jackson, a rushing touchdown. He was almost flawless. He had seven incompletions all day and was, I think, two points away from a perfect passer rating. I mean, it just complete insanity I I'm I'm still stunned I'm still at a loss for words but yeah he he, he did did, well I mean he he did exactly what I said he couldn't do all week leading up to this game I said there is no way that Ryan Fitzpatrick could either come back from a two plus score deficit or he can't win a shootout against Drew Brees. And what did he do? He went out there and won a shootout against Drew Brees. The Buccaneers punted once. Oh, yeah. They had one series that ended with them running the clock out to go into halftime. They had one series end with Chandler can't kick Gonzaro missing a clutch field goal from 44 yards out that that got the crowd back into the game. And, and I'm I'm not going to lie, David. I mean, I was... I was starting to get nervous. The Bucs had the Saints doubled up at 48 to 24. The Saints go down and they they score. They they cut it to 48 to 32 at that point. Catanzaro could have put the game on ice, and instead, the Saints have great field position. They march down the field in barely over a minute and score a touchdown to make it 48 to 40. I mean, that was that was scary. And if it wasn't for Fitzmagic and his gold jacket and his wonderful, beautiful bearded legs scrambling on third and eleven to get that first down at the two minute warning. We could have been talking about a game that went into overtime.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm I'm a little less down on on can kicking Zara than you are, but of course, you know, definitely a bad time to miss your first kick of the regular season. Uh but you know, I mean, part of the problem that we've had with the Buccaneers over the last few seasons is the fact that they had to rely on their field goal kicker. And I know every team has to Rely on their field goal kicker, you know, here and there, but uh, let, let's be honest: the Buccaneers have had to rely on their field goal kicker more than than anyone. Will. To be able to pull out a win despite uh, a missed kick is 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 really crucial, and, is, and I think it's really valuable. And I think in the, at the end of the day, you know, he made, like I said, he made a lot more kicks than he missed, and if that can be the trend, then moving forward, this team shouldn't have to rely on him to make kicks or at least shouldn't get to the point where, you know, we can point to miss field goals as a reason they lost.
0: Yeah, well, and, you know, our our predictive players at the game uh, on the offensive side of the ball at least did not. Well, actually, and on the defensive side of the ball, our, our predictive players of the game just didn't really pan out all that well. Uh, I mean, Barber had a – he had a solid game, um, 19 rushes, 69 yards, no touchdowns. You know, not, not quite the performance that you're predicting, and then in my X Factor and my predictive player, the game Chris Godwin. I mean, he had a decent game. He had a, the catch of the, of the game when he laid out and, and caught that ball one-handed. I believe it was in the first quarter, and then a beautiful, beautiful touchdown catch. But we, we could be talking about three Buccaneers receivers that had over a 100 yards each receiving had Fitzpatrick not missed Godwin when he was so wide open all that broke my heart that would have been well that would have been like a 60-yard touchdown pass we're talking about there Uh, I mean granted I do believe that was the drive that ended with Mike Evans 50-yard touchdown catch Um, Mm -hmm. but just an absolute offensive showcase for the Bucks, and yeah if I'm if I'm gonna nitpick on anything I'm I'm still not loving the uh the defensive back situation especially once Hargraves went out say what you will about Hargraves I know people are gonna hate on him and hate on him and hate on him he had a key pass breakup that ended up leading to him being injured and when he left the game Drew Brees had absolutely no problem pushing that ball down the field um leading the Saints on consecutive scoring drives with I don't think he had a single incompletion on either one. Uh it was it was a master's course on how to pick apart a defense. Now, some of that could could be on Mike Smith for calling such just god-awful coverage. I mean, it was it was soft, it was this just cakewalk zone defense that you don't run against drew Brees. you can't do that he will pick you apart all day long and although the defensive line did look a little bit better you saw the pressure start to get there as the game progressed they only ended up with the one sack uh courtesy of new buccaneer vinnie curry but the pressure was starting to get there. They were making him a little uncomfortable. Alvin Kamara, I believe, had 29 yards rushing. Uh, he was a huge factor in the passing game, but they really didn't let him run crazy through through the second and third levels of the defense. Breeze was getting flushed out of the pocket. I mean, the defense did what they needed to do and came up in big spots when they had to, but there's still a lot of work to be done. And as I said on on... My pick six column this morning on BucksNation.com, just everybody relax a little bit. I know we're all hyped. I know everybody's all excited, but don't get too high on the highs. Don't get too low on the lows because there's a lot of work that needs to be done before the Eagles come to town on Sunday. But you know, enjoy this win because this offense showed exactly what it's capable of. Hats off to Todd Monk, and he called one heck of a game.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, he he definitely did. And I know there were there were a lot of questions. Uh, coming into the game about play calling and dirt cutter really wasn't overly committal either way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't see how uh, dirt Cutter can regain or can take over play calling again uh, without, without a huge uh, backlash from the fan base and the media after, after what we saw this weekend. Um, but, you know, I, but I will say this. So uh, I saw a lot of Twitter traffic, uh, you know, talking about uh, Todd Monken as, as the, as the, the play caller and, some of it, you know, most of it was positive, obviously, but there was a little bit of it that was a little negative towards Dirk Cutter. And I think it's important, you know, not to forget that uh, Dirk is the, is the one who makes these decisions, you know what I mean? And he is the one who decided to let uh, Coach Munkin call call the plays today. So let's let's give a little bit of credit where credit is due. You know, at least he had the ability to swallow his pride, so to speak, because he said his whole time, I mean, the reason he he got the reputation he had and the reason that he got the head coaching job and all that stuff was – largely based on how the offense performed under his control. Um, And he's done it his entire career. He's been coaching for, I think they said, 35 years uh, total, you know, not just the NFL, but and he's done play calling the entire time. So uh, it it takes a little bit when you've been doing something for three decades and you have all the confidence in the world. I mean, it's gotten him to the highest level of coaching, you know, uh, in the football world it's gotta be it's gotta be a little bit hard for someone to give up that kind of a control and, and granted we all sitting on the outside wish he would have done it sooner probably wish he would would've, he would have done it last year i got it but i don't know i don't, I don't want to give you know too much i don't want to give too much leeway you know and, and kind of say like better late than never because obviously uh you know everything's going to be co- uh copy and pasted the last season right actions are coming up well if 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 this had happened last season it had last would last season have gone down the way it did well it's too late to know that we can't possibly go back and predict that. So it's really not worth arguing, but let's let's give a little bit of credit to coach cutter, right. For making that decision, swallowing his pride, like I said, and, and seeing that this could could potentially be better for his team and executing that uh, in the, in the, in the spirit of making his team better because it obviously worked. Um, So, you know, like I said, not everybody was kind of putting a negative spin on it towards coach cutter himself, but, Uh, Just for for those who were, I kind of want to, just kind of put that out there. Let's let's give a give the man a little bit of credit for making that decision because he is still the man who makes that decision.
0: Well, David, we did get some voicemails, uh, yeah, some reaction to the game and these people wanting to be entered in to win that autographed Quan Alexander jersey. But before we get to that, I'll eat my crow and I'll give you your props. You predicted the Buccaneers to win 31 to 24. I predicted them to lose 31 to 23. Now you had the score, right? At halftime, <laughs> but I'll take it. I don't care. I'll take that. <laughs> Let's see if you're going to allow me to redeem myself a little bit. <clears throat> of course, because I did say take the over on the 49 and a half and take the Bucks. Plus the nine and a half. Did I not? You did. And if you listen to that advice and gone to visit our friends at MyBookie, bookie, they would have paid you some money today because the truth is I didn't know who was going to win. David guessed correctly. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why we always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online and their mobile site is easy to use. You lay down some cash and you win big today. Look, David and I would only recommend a service to our listeners that have been good to us. That's why we are urging you to make your way over to my bookie. You win They pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there who probably didn't start Ryan Fitzpatrick and you regret it or you're like my dad who left Deshaun Jackson on his bench, ouch. You can bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online, that's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, when creating your account to claim your dollar-for-dollar bonus. You play, you win, you get paid and David, you know, I, I got my prediction wrong, but if our, if our fine, fine listeners had just listened to me, then they would have won some money by betting on the bucks and hammering the over. I mean, shoot, the Buccaneers almost hit the over by themselves and they would have if it wasn't for can't kick and Zaro. <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm just saying. So David, we got a couple of voicemails that we're gonna tackle. I'm I'm gonna play a few right now instead of at the very end of the show because one of them does ask a question. So let's get a little feel for how the Buccaneers fans were feeling. Um, you know, right after the game. And then we do have a special one after the after we uh we answer one of the questions.
2: Oh, what a win. Oh, this is Chef, uh, by the way, your boy from North Dakota. Oh, the offense has never looked so good. Todd Monken is the best bet at getting this offense going and staying going. I still don't like Mike Smith's team. And until he's out of there, I'm sorry. I just, you can't allow 40 points. I don't even care if it's against uh, Drew Brees. You know, when you get pressure on Drew Brees, you can get him uh, out of his comfort zone. And I'm sorry, with him at this defense, I just still not see this defensive line with him at the helm doing anything. Great win, anyways. Let's take this momentum into Tampa. And as we say right now, take back Ray J. Go, Bucks. Hey, guys, it's James or Mr. Bucks Nation on YouTube from Florida. And I just want to say um, listen. Okay, we can nitpick as much as we want. You know, we can talk about how bad the defense was. and oh, Chandler Catanzaro missed a pick, and Mike Smith did this, and Carlson Davis didn't have a good game. But at the end of the day, a win is a win. We still won 48-40. to The offense looked phenomenal, and that was without Jameis Winston, who has, in my opinion, more raw ability than Ryan Fitzpatrick. So things are definitely on the uptick. we got a win. We're 1-0. You know, despite all the nitpicking, we won, and that's awesome. So I'm super, super happy. And you know, go Bucks, go Bucks. Hey guys, this is Layton Carter in Tampa, Florida. Um, Excited about today's win, and can't believe how much this did so well during the game. One question for you guys is: How do you think? The Eagles game will play out with this offense, as always. Go Bucks and great podcast!
0: All right, well, thank you for the kind words. We appreciate you listening. And uh, David, I don't want to dive too much into the Eagles game quite yet because we are coming off of of the Saints' victory, and we will get into more in-depth previews of the Eagles game coming up this week. But real quickly, um, just kind of general thoughts. How do you think this offense can stack up against the Eagles?
1: I think the offense can do just fine against the Eagles. I mean, uh, the, the Saints, you know, I know their their defense was, was touted and predicted to be better than they look today, but – you know this this wasn't the Jacksonville Jaguars defense this wasn't the Rams defense that they were facing and honestly i don't i don't feel like the eagles are you know in, in that upper echelon of defenses either and, and again this is a team whose defense is, has gotten a lot of credit and and all that and I, and i got that but it's a very beatable defense and and it's a defense that well it, it's not unique to one defense but what the buccaneers offense showed today is that they are going to use more of their weapons more often um i mean whether it be oj howard or whether it be chris Godwin, adam humphreys on those screen passes uh mike evans you know who who was successfully able to to get some yak today uh thankfully i mean there's just so much that the buccaneers can do and then after all that you still have peyton barber who even at the end there i know the saints got him for a couple a couple stops there the line of scrimmage or whatever but there was even one run where I mean, he only got one yard or maybe just got back to the line of scrimmage, but in that process bounced off three different tackles and still fell forward. So, I mean, the the Bucks have the weapons that they need on offense to match up against any defense in the National Football League. And, and that's right. I just said that um, execution is always going to be the question, right? And that's that's always going to be the question with every team. Just because they have the tools doesn't mean they're necessarily going to go in. What we saw today was really great execution by a veteran quarter, very talented receivers now that doesn't mean that Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't going to go into Tampa next week against the Eagles and have a bad day. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe he cuts himself shaving or something and just, just throws him off his game. And, you know, some of those some of those windows that he hit this week aren't going to be the windows he hits uh, next week. I mean, uh, not not trying to get too down on anything, right? But this is still Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's still a backup of the NFL for a reason. But, I mean, by and large, I think he's the best backup in the in the National Football League. Uh, which is which is a very big benefit to the team uh, for having them. But confidence has got to be at an all time high, and coming into practice next week, this is really going to be where the rubber meets the road, right? Because what happened last year, the team bought into their own hype. The team got really excited about themselves, and we saw what happened. Uh, some of that can be blamed on national media. Some of it can be blamed on hard knocks. Whatever it is, at the the bottom line is the team got extremely uh, fell fell in love with their with their own status, and you know it, it bit everybody in the butt. So this offense comes in the next week of practice, you know, kind of kind of sitting back on their heels, kind of feeling a little bit comfortable about what they're doing, saying, oh, man, we're good. You know, we can do this. We can do that. Um, Then we might see a little bit of a regression and and a regression would be easy to see because they because of how well they did, uh, you know, this last week. I mean, are we going to see two Buccaneers receivers against the Eagles hit almost 150 yards apiece? I mean, what are the chances that's going to happen, to be completely honest with with you, right? So regression is, is a high possibility now. Is it going to regress enough to where the Buccaneers aren't going to be able to score and they're going to lose? I don't think so. I think we're still going to see a very efficient offense, one that's able to move the ball, one that's able to make some plays. Um, if anything, we might see the running lanes open up a little bit more because the Eagles are going to watch this game. They're going to watch this film, and they're going to see how – the Buccaneers receivers were able to take advantage of of deep coverage how the how the Buccaneers were able to take advantage of one-on-one matchups use some crossing lanes use some out routes and use some screen passes and mis- misdirection in their route running to really be effective so I think that if there's any benefit we might see is a little bit more running room uh, for Peyton Barber plus we have someone you know from that team or two guys from that team who kind of know how they like to operate and kind of know what they like to do so a little bit of uh inside information never hurt anybody right unless you're uh michael kendricks um but i'm happy with what we saw i think it's going to match up pretty well against philly um i went on record saying that philly and new orleans were the two games i felt like this team could win uh after watching pittsburgh i, I don't know i'm kind of starting to lean towards this team could potentially go three and zero without james winston but every week is a different week right the eagles won the Super for a reason so next week we might see the super Bowl version of the eagles versus the the version that we saw uh, against atlanta which really did
0: not look very good uh to be completely honest with you uh yeah to to touch on a couple of your points there number one fitzpatrick doesn't shave so he's not going to nick himself shaving because his beard is far too glorious um and as far as having two buccaneers both reach uh Almost 150 yards receiving each. There's only been one other time in franchise history that the Buccaneers have had two players with over 120 yards each, um, and that was Jacquez Green and Bert Emanuel. So that tells you how long ago that was. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm not going to harp on this too long because we're we're coming up on our on our time. But I I give the Eagles defense a little bit more credit than you are right now. Um, I think they are still one of the top defenses in the league. Uh, you could argue top three, I would say unquestionably top five. I wouldn't have put the Saints in that category. I would have had the Saints top 10. But I don't think they're quite as good as Philadelphia. And you know, as, as high as we are on Fitzpatrick right now, and it was something that I told my dad when he texted me and he said, you know, let the let the quarterback controversy begin. There is no controversy. You know, Fitzpatrick played the best game of his career on Sunday against the Saints, but this is a guy who we've seen play some phenomenal games and almost lead the Jets to the postseason and then turn around and have the worst season of his career. We saw great fits today. Good fits is good enough to get the Buccaneers a win. But if bad fits comes out, it's going to get ugly, and it's going to get ugly real fast. At the same time, we saw good foals down that home stretch for Philadelphia and through the playoffs and into the Super Bowl, and through the preseason in week one, we've seen bad foals. So if it's bad foals versus bad fits, I give the edge to the Buccaneers because they have more weapons that can make more plays. But if you have Mm – Super Bowl or postseason foals and that Eagles defense clicking against a bad Fitzpatrick, it's going to get ugly and it's going to get ugly fast. So I'm not discounting the Buccaneers by any means, but I will give the Eagles at least their defense a little bit more credit than you're giving them. David, we have one more voicemail. And of course, again, we're going to dive more into the Eagles as the week progresses. And don't forget about crossover Wednesdays when we're going to welcome on the host of locked on Eagles and get that point of view, learn a little bit more about the opponent. Really looking forward to that show. But David, here's our, here's our final voicemail from a friend of the show.
2: Hey guys. Uh, this is uh, Ross from last gun. I Hope I caught you in time. Uh, on to express my uh, sincere, deep, seething, unfortunate sadness about how today's game went. On behalf of our defense, I feel embarrassed that we even put this defense up against the Bucks' offense. Congratulations on the win. Uh, I'm just going to be over here in the corner crying and biting my knees until it's time (laughs) to record my episode this evening. Have a good one, guys.
0: A uh, big shout out to Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints and All Saints considered a class move on his part to call in and um, congratulate uh, Bucks fans on the win after he was featured on crossover Wednesdays um, right here at, at Locked On Bucks. And, and Ross is a great guy. And hopefully, hopefully, David, we will not have to do the same for him come December. And, and it'll be a nice clean sweep for the yeah. Buccaneers.
1: Hopefully. But yeah, I mean, uh, but yeah, kudos to him. We we were interacting a little bit on Twitter uh, during the game as well. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, you know, for those of you who didn't hear the episode, I mean, it was a preview episode, but I would I would still go back and listen to it if you haven't heard it yet. Cause he, he, he put out a lot of good things and said a lot of good things, not just about the way the saints operate, but the way the bucks operate. And even though it was a pre- it was a preview for week one, I mean, we're going to see this team again, right? That's obvious. So it's still good knowledge and good information to have. Uh, even as we move towards December.
0: So kudos to Ross. How upset are our listeners going to be if Ross wins the autographed Quan jersey? Because he's in the running now. Upset, but, you know, yeah, he, he, he is. We, we never put way. out any.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, there there's no there's no limitations. There's no there's no none of this. You know, he's part of the network, so he can't win type of thing. But, uh, you know, they, they can easily flesh him out by contributing their own just as well as I mean, we had we had a pretty good, pretty impressive. Uh, uh pool of voicemails go through today, so we we definitely appreciate that, but just keep sending in those voicemails, and he'll just get buried
0: by uh by all of you guys and we don't have to worry about it, but it's never the person that buys ten lottery tickets or a hundred lottery tickets that wins It's always the one the person that just <laughs> buys one. one. Yeah. From week one, Um, too. That would be crazy. Yeah. Oh, man. We would have to get a live video of the fire just shooting out of Chef Aaron's ears and eyes if that happened. (laughs) I have a feeling Chef Aaron's going to end up with at least one entry a week. So, David, I think that's going to do it for us. And for those of you listening, you want to be entered in to win that Quan Alexander jersey. All you have to do is call and leave us a voicemail. Give us your thoughts, your questions your predictions, whatever you want to talk about, just keep it right around that 30-second mark, and please keep it family-friendly. We are a family show. We like people to be able to listen to this in the car with their kids while they're dropping them off at school or or whatever. All you have to do is call 813-444-5841, and if you can, leave your Twitter handle in the message. That way we can make sure that we can get in contact with you if you happen to be that person that wins the jersey granted we you know we have access to the phone number but it's going to be real hard to sit there and sift through all the emails and and the phone numbers instead of just keeping a running tally of names and twitter handles to make it real easy to get a hold of you so if you can call 813-444-5841 leave us your voicemail leave your twitter handle in the voicemail and if you are featured on an episode, you will be entered in to win that Quan Alexander jersey after the Buccaneers win the Super Bowl in Atlanta. Oh, how glorious would that would be! That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you're checking out everything going on over at BucsNation.com, and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucs, at JArco underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. One game is in the books, 15 more to go. Thank you all so much for joining us right here at Locked on Books.